Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Rob Ford here on 970 WDAY. Good afternoon, Nateel. How are you this Wednesday? Doing pretty good. I'm a little disappointed. I thought the steam summer sale started today. It doesn't start until tomorrow. So my antsy, itchy, game-buying fingers are just twitching a little bit. Would it surprise you to know that I have a Steam account? It would not surprise me to know that because that I know I, that you I play. Use Steam. I, I I used it this morning, as a matter of fact. Well, you used to play a lot. You you play a lot of board games too that I enjoy. So yeah. Well, I I, I actually the funny thing is is I I love Steam because it has it gives me access to a lot of the the computer games that I liked playing when I was younger, and uh, and and to this day, uh, Railroad Tycoon Two. Which is like the nerdiest game. You build railroads, and then you got to move like cattle and grain, and and you know, you got to move grain into the into where the ranches are, so that they produce more cattle. That you can then move to the meat markets, so that they produce food, so that you can ship it into the cities. Like it's this shipping game. I've been playing it for decades now, and I play it like if I'm if I'm stuck on something, if I need to ride, I open up a game and I sit there and I play it for a little while. And it soothes me. And Steam lets me have it. On every computer. Before Steam, I had to, like, figure out how to get this DOS-based game to continue running on modern computers. But anyway, you yeah, should I check, like Steam. You should check out, oh, darn it, I'm going to have to remember what the game title is because it's, it's another sort of, like, it's a subway-based system, but it's really sort of abstract and super relaxing. Oh, yeah? The music yeah, is no. fabulous. Yeah. Well, this, I don't know. It's just something about just moving things from here to there and watching my money pile up. I would have been very good, I think, as a robber baron of, like, the 19th century. Okay, moving on. Congressman Kevin Kramer joins me a little bit later in the program. He, uh, our normal weekly uh, Wednesday segment. Uh, and we're going to be uh, talk. I have a feeling we're going to be talking a little bit about this special election down in Georgia. Are you following that at all, Natil? Yes, actually. And um, the Democrats set themselves up for failure, and then subsequently failed. Yeah, yeah. They executed their failure plan <laughs> excellently. Um, I, I don't know. It's it's funny because this key, I mean, this is their fourth congressional special election that they've lost since November when, when President Trump was elected. Uh, we were sort of promised that there was going to be this big backlash against Trump, that Republicans were going to be in danger, and, and even Republicans in safe Republican districts were going to be in danger. And, and, and certainly, I, I think in some of these elections, I guess you could probably argue that Democrats have maybe overperformed a little bit. Certainly, that's their spin on it, where they're calling it you know, moral victories or whatever. But there comes a point at which, if you're saying, well, there's going to be this anti-Trump wave, and it's going to hurt Republicans all over the place, then w- where's the evidence for that? At this point, four consecutive special election losses. Where's the evidence for it? Want to hear what you think? 701-293-9000-888-970-9329. Why aren't Democrats winning? Why aren't they capitalizing on this? Right? Because the risk, the, 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 the quote-unquote resistance is in full bloom. It's everywhere. Trump, I mean, Trump scandals are in the media Every single day. It's all we talk about. Trump in Russia, Trump on the election, Trump's going to push elderly people off cliffs, everything. It has been full-on anti-Trump for months now. When is that going to start showing up in the electorate? And and it's what, what's interesting is I, I think it's sort of illustrating how much the left sort of lives in a, in a bubble, right? I, I think it happens nationally where... 
you know, you get it. It's certainly I, I think the, the Georgia special election, which, by the way, was the most expensive congressional race in U.S. history. And by the way, which, which elected the first Republican woman to the House of Representatives from Georgia. Not that we're going to hear a lot about that particular glass ceiling being broken. Republican women are just it doesn't fit the narrative, I guess. Anyway, I, I think the Georgia race is a sort of microcosm for the fact of, of the left just sort of talking to themselves, right? I mean, it's they're not reaching the people that they need to reach to persuade to win elections. And that's a problem. And they haven't been doing it for a while. I mean, you go back to 2010, the first midterm after President Barack Obama was elected in 2008. Starting in the 2010 election cycle, they have been on a downward trend. They're losing ground in Congress, in the House, and the Senate. They've been losing ground in the legislatures. They've been losing ground in the governorships. They've been losing ground in statewide elected office, executive branch office in the states. Even here in North Dakota, believe it or not, a a state that is deeply red, ruby red North Dakota, deeply Republican. And somehow, Democrats have managed to make what were already fairly small minorities over the last several election cycles have somehow managed to make them smaller. It's, it's remarkable. It's a national trend. And, and at some point, I think Democrats are going to have to come to grips with the fact that whatever it is they're doing right now, outside of sort of these sort of reliably blue enclaves the the heavy urban you know most of the heavy urban centers you know hollywood uh, a few places like that and once you get away from those areas it's not working democrats don't have a message that americans want to hear i I don't even really credit republicans with this right i'm not i'm not sure you can really say that republicans are doing a great job and just everybody's just really super happy with what republicans and donald trump are doing so that's who they're voting for. Republicans are not doing a good job. Look at this health care bill situation. Right? I mean, they have the presidency. They control both houses of Congress. And they can't get it done. They can't even agree among themselves on what they want to do. They campaigned on repealing and replacing Obamacare. They can't even do that. So it's not that the Republicans are doing all that well. It's that Democrats aren't offering an alternative that people want to vote for. I think for most voters, they look at Republicans and they're like, well, Republicans are at least talking about the things that I want to talk about, the things that I want to hear, the things that I think are important. Democrats, meanwhile, it's all identity politics. It's all fear-mongering. It's all, well, we can't do anything. Because if we do something, then old people are going to get pushed off a cliff and poor people are going to die in the gutter and little kids are going to get punched in the face or something like that. I don't know, but that's, it's like that's all they have. People don't want to vote for that. Being anti-Trump is not enough. Democrats have to give voters something to vote for. What do you think that is? What could Democrats say? What could Democrats start doing now to start winning some of these elections? I want to hear from you. 701-293-9000, Email talk at WDAY.com. This is the Rob Report on 970 WDAY. Don't go away. We'll be right back. See, I want to be famous, a star of the 
Welcome back. Rob reporting on 970 WDAY, 701-293-9000, 888-970-9339. Email talk at WDAY.com. Democrats lost another special election since Trump was elected. That's the fourth straight. Fifth, if you count, there was a, there was a, uh, a statewide um, elected office uh, special election in South Carolina. So I guess five if you count that. I don't know how much that matters. And, and to be fair... I've been kind of bashing Democrats here a little bit. It it is hard to extrapolate, you know, sort of national trends from these special elections, right? I I think sometimes, sometimes like these special elections happen and the political media goes nuts and, and, and tries to extrapolate these, these conclusions that we can apply to other parts of the country from some, you know, district election or statewide election, a special election off that's that's away from 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 the typical election day um and i don't i I don't always know how useful it is but but the thing about with the democrats is it's not like it's just these four losses for congress five if you count the race in south carolina it's not just that that establishes the trend it's a lot more right it's also the fact that since 2010 they have lost ground in the legislators legislatures across the country they have lost ground uh, in the governorships, they've lost ground. In statewide executive branch office, they've lost ground everywhere. Everywhere. So what is it? I mean, what what is? I mean, because the funny thing is, if you go back to the Obama years, you would you would really sort of expect that that liberals, progressives were ascendant, right? I mean, during the eight years of President Obama, it seemed like the the perception you got. From the media, from from day to day coverage, if you just sort of was was that liberalism, progressivism was ascendant in America, and it was going to culminate in Hillary Clinton defeating Donald Trump, breaking the glass ceiling, and being the first woman president of the United States. And you know what? It didn't happen because there is something going on that Democrats are overlooking. There is something going on that the press, which frankly has a problem with groupthink, which and when I say the press, I'm not talking about so much the local press. I'm talking about the national press that is concentrated in the beltway around Washington, D.C., that is con- concentrated uh, on the, uh, you know, so, sort of the bi-coastal urban areas. They're missing something. They're not getting it. And I don't I don't know what it is. You know, Democrats got to change their messaging. The, the media, frankly, I think need to move some of their personnel out of New York and out of L.A., and get them out to other parts of the country and get some other perspectives. Because you're missing the boat. 701-293-9000, Email talk at WDAY.com. Just absolutely missing the boat. Just not getting it. Not getting it. I mean, Nathiel, I mean, what is it? I mean, you're, you're obviously not of the same political persuasion that I am. You're on the left. Why can't Democrats win some of these elections? Why why have they been steadily losing ground in governance at both the federal and state level since 2010? What's going on? I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that they don't have they don't have the correct message for the largest geographical areas of the country. Their message works in densely populated metropolitan areas to an extent. Yeah. But but their their messaging isn't reaching the rural populace that makes up the largest geographical area of the country. And on top of that, the far left is becoming more and more extreme 
And that extreme message is becoming the the loudest message that you hear out of the left. It's sort of like when the the Tea Party started becoming a big thing. Right. And so that was the extreme right. And the extreme right's voice got to be the loudest voice. And at that point in time, the, you know, general population sort of shifted a little bit left because there so, was there was that nervousness about that extreme it, voice. I mean, did it? Because if you if you look, the Tea Party movement started right somewhat after right right around the, the, the Obamacare. So 2009, right. Obama got elected 2008, took office early 2009, started the Obamacare push later that summer. Like August 2009 is when the Tea Party started heating up, right? Well, 2010, Democrats lost ground, right? I mean, that was sort of the beginning of the downward trend for the Democrats as they began losing ground in 2010. Uh, you know, so I don't, I don't know that the Tea Party hurt Republicans that much. It really. didn't. It didn't hurt Republicans nearly as much as the extreme left is hurting Democrats. But it, it's, I think Barack Obama hurt Democrats. I think Barack Obama hurt Democrats in ways that I, I, I think they haven't come to grips with yet. That's possible. I, think, I guess I don't I don't quite see that as much. But well, I, th- I think I think he was he was a he was an ideologue president. He was very in, in, intransigent. And, and I think because I think you made a really good point because you're saying that the Democrats have a message that appeals to relatively small geographic areas. So you're talking about, you know, sort of the densely populated urban areas, those sort of enclaves. That's where the, the progressive message, the liberal message resonates. And I would I, I think that's true. And I think the problem the Democrats have is they have created a situation where their people aren't really allowed to stray for that me- stray from that message. Case in point, you had a special election, I think for was it for the mayor of Omaha or something like that? And there was a Democrat running, and that Democrat was pro-life. And, you know, the the progressive wing of the party sort of flipped out, and the head of the DNC came out and said, there's no room for pro-life people in our party. Well, I'm sorry. There are parts of the country where Democrats got to be pro-life if they want to win elections. Democrats should be – I mean, so – I, th- I think it's not just it's it's there's a progressive message that only appeals to certain areas and then sort of this ideologues who don't want people to stray from that message. Caller, Rich, we got about a minute that we got a break. What's up? I don't know about these two that just won these special elections, but I, I think the trend is voting in non politicians, non career politicians myself. Well, I mean, outside you know, I of Donald, two, outside of I, I Donald that, Trump, I, I mean, Democrats where, where are you voting in another Hillary? Or another politicians that have been in the game forever. I think it's time the people are just wanted to see something different. I don't know. If you look at these special elections, I mean, you look at a lot of the people who are getting elected. A lot of these Republicans, they're not. They're politicians. They're not. I mean, Donald Trump, of course. I mean, okay, that that was his mm-hmm. first elected office. Well, but outside he, of him, who got else? Our, our governor is not a politician. You know, okay, fair enough. I mean, I'd like to see the trend of just your average people that got a, got somewhat of a brain becoming instead of just being, you know persuaded by special interest all the time and looking for a career in politics I, i'd like to just see you know, an average person get it once in a while and as a good you know yeah concept that i don't know the world's i don't fun. know donald trump's not an average person he may not have been a politician before but he's not an average person rich thanks for the call appreciate it uh congressman kevin kramer joins me next 701-293-9000-888-970-9329 we'll be right back don't go away
Welcome back. Rob Report here on 970 WDAY. Congressman Kevin Kramer on with us right now. You can join in, ask any question you want. 701-293-9000, email talk at WDAY.com. Mr. Kramer, how are you? I'm very well. Thanks, Rob. Just uh, We just finished voting and making my way back to my office. So, What were you voting on? What were you voting on well, today? <laughs> well, today is just a couple of the early part of the voting is on some procedural votes to set up the rules and uh, the uh, procedures for the next vote, which will be final passage. The, the main bill today is a bill. It, it's one of these bills that's so common sense. It's hard for North Dakotans almost to believe we have to vote on it, but it's, it streams, streamlines the process for vegetation management around uh, transmission, electric transmission lines, things like that. So it's a little bit of energy stuff. We're also doing some other uh, less controversial bills, but uh, but that's the main one today. And then, interestingly, we're, we're, we've begun the debate and the uh, preparing the rules for a bigger vote on Friday, which is going to be probably the most you know the most significant vote this week on a bill that allows a I call it a bit of a pilot. I don't think that's the, the actual language, but sets aside a fair number of uh, dollars through TANF, the uh, Temporary Assistance for Needy Families um, program, to allow states, if they choose, to use some of that money to incent um, employers to hire people on TANF by uh, you know, paying for, you know, through TANF, paying for 50% of their salary and their training on the job, while the employer pays the other 50% in hopes that we can sort of begin to transform that, that sort of the welfare state to a job training, uh, you know, job placement uh, culture. You know, it's, it's interesting, Rob. We, we are right now, according to the Bureau of Labor Statistics, there are over 6 million job openings in the United States, which is the most openings there have been since they started keeping track of that data in the year 2000. And as you know, we have, <laughs> we have a, a sort of a disconnect oftentimes between the demand for employment and the the people um, in this country who would like to work but but don't have the opportunity to work and so anyway it's it's this is the kind of stuff that sort of flies under the radar in the uh, in the daily newspapers and on on the evening news but but pretty important stuff that we're taking up. Yeah, sounds good. What um, you got a new colleague last night in that Georgia yeah, special election. Right, I, I right. imagine you were following it. Uh, what do you make of it? I mean, what, what do Democrats have to do to start winning some of these races? This is their fourth straight uh, special election loss. Fifth, I guess, if you, you count that state office race in South Carolina. Um, yeah. Where, where I, mean, I mean, what what's going on? I mean, we were promised an anti-Trump wave that, you know, was, yeah. was going to crash into Republicans and cause all sorts of problems. Where is it? Why, why do you think it's not manifesting? You know, it's interesting. I, I, I suspect, Rob, there are a number of factors, but what, one of the factors is the same factor that was at play during the presidential election, and that is there is a misread of the public about Donald Trump. There just seems to be an inability to, to really adequately poll or, or you know, to, to test the public's attitude toward President Trump. I, I think there's, that's some of it. I think some of it also is, is, that, is that all politics is, in fact, local. And, and that people misread, they may misread uh, something they like or dislike about President Trump and can, and can stick that, you know, they conclude by sticking that same feeling to the local congressional candidate, and it doesn't always stick. And I think more and more, or maybe less and less, that's becoming the case. 
um, especially in a special election where you don't have that national trend like you have in a big wave election like we just had in the presidential election. But the, but the other thing is that they just they have to get better candidates, in my view. And and not that this Ossoff guy might not have been maybe he was a great candidate at the beginning, although I don't his resume isn't very impressive. But um, but with all that, those millions of dollars that that Hollywood and the far left has thrown at him, they also um, you know force their issues on him and. Their issues don't relate to the South. They don't relate to middle America. They don't relate to, you know, to, to working-class Americans. And I just think they've forgotten, or they, if they ever did, but they certainly don't any longer know how to talk to, um, you know, the, to the productive America, the, the America made up of small, small uh, businesses and job creators and people who are going to work every day. And they, they make too much money to get government assistance, but not enough to afford to provide that assistance to all the people who don't work and. And uh, this is this is just a disconnect in messaging and philosophy, I think, with where America is today. We got a caller, Jason. And by the way, if you want to join in, ask the congressman whatever you want. 701-293-9000-888-970-9329. Email me, talk at WDAY.com. Jason, go ahead. Hi, Mr. Port. Uh, long-time listener, first-time caller. Thank you. Uh, actually, long-time reader of your blog. And uh, hello, Congressman Wonderful. Kramer. Hello. Uh, what is the setback, uh, Mr. Port, that you said, uh, the special election? I'm perhaps ignorant in that. I'm sorry, the, the setback? Uh, well, you said there was a special election. Yeah, in Georgia. Where? There was a special election last night in Georgia, a runoff to uh, replace uh, uh, co- former Congressman Price, who was appointed in, into the uh, Trump administration. Okay, perhaps I should have researched that before I called, but i uh running out of time here. Um uh, is that a setback in any way for North Dakota, though? Well, I, I mean, I, I guess I don't know. I, we could ask the congressman. Thanks for the call, Jason. Yeah. We could ask the congressman. I, I mean, do you see any implications here? And I was going to ask you about that because when I look at Democrats and their messaging, it's it's sort of I don't feel like they're really talking about it. Like, I don't I don't know that they're talking yeah. about a specific policy or a specific agenda that people can, can latch on to and say, gosh, you know what, this is going to improve things for my business or my life or my family. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, I, I look at you here in North Dakota, and it, I look at the Democrats have already sort of started the 2018 campaign against you because they're afraid. Or have they ever? Yeah. They're afraid you're going to run against Heidi Heitkamp for the, for the U.S. Mm-hmm. Senate. And I know you haven't made that decision yet, but I, it seems like the only thing they have to say about you is, gosh, Kevin Kramer's a jerk. Like that's it's like that's it. Like oh, Kevin Kramer's a trick. I'm sure that plays well in their Facebook groups, and I'm, I'm sure that plays well when a bunch of the progressives are getting together having a beer or something. I'm sure they're all agreeing. Gosh, you know Kevin Kramer is a jerk. I think the greater public though would like to hear something else. Would like to hear a, a you know a rebuttal to your policy agenda or something like that. Mm-hmm. I, I think that is. I don't know. I, I perceive that to be a big problem with Democrats. Is is so much of their platform is just we hate Republicans. Well, then certainly the Donald Trump, um, you know, this, the Trump phenomenon that's created this sort of psych, psychological behavior it has manifested itself in, in this way more than probably ever before. That they just look at it with hate, look at him with hate, and can't even think about about policies. Um, and they think that all this this somehow translates. First of all, ignoring the ignoring the fact that places like North Dakota like Donald Trump. They like the rollback of regulations. I think, I think um, for North, the implications of last night, um, you know, for, for at least for North Dakota Republicans, of course, are all positive. For, for 
or to go to Democrats, it's, it's like it is for the Democrats across the country. They, they lost a race that they put all everything they had into. I mean, you know, tens of millions of dollars into a single race, a very progressive agenda, a very progressive message. And as much as they think that Republicans being tied to Donald Trump is a negative, which I don't even believe it is, many Republicans are in the House and the Senate today because they got on the, the Trump wave, even though many of them resisted it. But beyond that, what they, what they seem to fail com, uh, to understand completely is what a liability their regime is, what a liability Nancy Pelosi is. I mean, Nancy Pelosi is a minority leader. We, we threw out, you know, basically threw out Speaker um, John Boehner as a, as a Republican conference because, you know, a number of members didn't think he was doing a good enough job messaging and, and whatnot. And uh, here they have Nancy Pelosi, who's basically just killing them. And she's got too much power over their conference to even to, to even be uh, replaced when she clearly, after all these years uh, of being out of the speakership, still becomes a, a liability to them. And and you throw on top of that, you know, Bernie Sanders and and, uh, and Elizabeth Warren sort of leading the charge for Senate Democrats and, and and the national at the national level. And they just have a, I'm sorry, but they just have a message that's not resonating with the American people because the American people live in real bill, in normal, in the normal world. And these guys live in sort of this academic bubble of, um, you know, theory. And, and maybe, maybe, you know, maybe socialism makes sense in some theoretical world, but it's never worked where it's been tried in reality. So I think that just the philosophy is getting further and further apart between the two parties. Now, don't get me wrong. We have plenty of work to do in our own party, and uh, and we want to make sure we remain viable and don't take anything for granted. But I think in the case of Georgia, it's a good example where we're message and candidate um, and some tradition. I, I mean, let's not forget this is, a, this, this is a Republican district. But but this the one thing about if Donald Trump was such a negative impact, the four special elections were – that were held by Republican seats and have now been won by Republicans were all opened up by Donald Trump taking the incumbent into his cabinet. So the connection to Donald Trump couldn't be any closer than it is than it was last night in Georgia, as, as well as Montana and South Carolina and Kansas um, a few weeks ago. So, I, you know, I just think it's a, it's a lot of things, but I think all in all, it's good. You know, last night's election was good news for, for North Dakota, but that doesn't mean we take our eye off the ball. We, we are up against a money absolute money printing machine in democratic politics we're outspent significantly um last night and we're able to hang on to a republican seat but i don't expect that that money is going to dry up for from hollywood or, or new york well congressman thanks for your time as always pleasure is always mine thanks rob it's congressman kevin kramer i'm rob port we'll wrap up the show right after this 701-293-9000-888-970-9329 don't go away Welcome back, Rob Porter on 970 WDAY. Hey, uh, after this, I'll be sticking around uh, with Jay Thomas for a little bit, talking about a uh, special election down in Georgia and and all the rest of this stuff with um, you know with Democrats. And I I think I think Democrats just flat out having a problem connecting with people outside of of their sort of progressive hardcore 
left wing base, which, you know, is is gonna. It's just it's just not enough for them to to, to expand their hold in in state government or federal government. Love to hear what you think. Seven zero one two nine three nine thousand eight 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 nine seven zero nine three two nine. You know what a big thing, and I I, I think between Natil between the two thousand sixteen elections and the special elections, particularly the Georgia election last night, where we saw a lot of a lot of sort of you know the, the celebrities, right? Like Samuel L. Jackson was doing robocalls for for Asif and and my conclusion is that because everybody gets up in arms when the celebrities like during the award shows or in their music videos or in their movies or whatever making political statements and everybody gets up in arms in it and I, I think the conclusion that we have to draw is they don't move the needle much really at the end of the day I don't think they're not persuading people I don't I don't think they're winning people over I don't know how you feel about that but I don't think that the Democrats, like when 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 a bunch of celebrities, a bunch of actors and actresses and and comedians and all the rest of them, I don't think they have an impact. I don't think it's anywhere near the impact that they think it is. I don't think it's anywhere near the impact the media thinks it is. It gets a lot of coverage because they're celebrities and they're talented and they're funny. But I don't think it convinces people. I don't think it, I think people hear it and they just shrug their shoulders and move on. I don't think people care anymore. I think you're I think you're pretty right on that because in in recent uh, years, just in the last year, I guess, we had Mark Ruffalo come out about the Dakota Access Pipeline. Right. Um, he's a is a very good actor. He's very well known in the geek circles because he plays... A great, he's a great actor. Yeah, he plays um, Bruce Banner, who turns into the Incredible Hulk. So he his Twitter feed was basically just a constant barrage of anti-Dapple things, and I unfollowed him because I was tired of hearing about it. So I think that when it comes to celebrities getting involved, you're right that there is a lot of coverage that happens. And I think that that ends up being more effective when celebrities are getting involved in a cause or a specific policy. Like if you had. Yeah, I mean, they can they can elevate something be, because right? because I mean, what, you're it's, it's is, something... what, what you're getting is what you're getting is. Yeah, you're getting raised awareness about right. the about the specific so, thing not and but when you start having it happen with specific people specific candidates it gets old right. really fast and it's also you know i i think it's also like like someone like mark ruffalo who's by the way whose work i respect i think he's a good actor i i enjoy watching movies that he's in i hate his politics i i really i think he's just i think he's crazy but uh, you know, it is what it is, but he doesn't he doesn't persuade me. Right. It's like, OK, you know, uh, yet another celebrity is is I mean, it's so perve- I mean, it's everywhere now. Right. I mean, it used to be there were you know, you had your few sort of handful of activist celebrities. But now it's like it's it's all of them. Like, it's just sort of a given that, you know, you go to Hollywood, you become an actor, you you, you get some some fame and then you also become a proponent of progressive politics. Like, that's just sort of. It's everywhere, and I don't think people care anymore. Just whatever. Like, okay, that's your that's your politics. You had your say. I guess it showed up in my Twitter feed because I follow you because I like your the books you write or the movies you're in or the TV shows you produce or whatever. Uh, but I just don't really care. You're not persuading me. I don't think I don't think that stuff moves the needle. If it did, I, I think Hillary Clinton would be president. I think uh, you know Democrats would be winning. So although we probably wouldn't be having these, but we'd be having different special elections, I suppose. But yeah, I mean, if celebrities had the sort of impact they think they have, Hillary Clinton would be president of the United States, and she's not. I don't think I don't think they have that much impact. 
So stop caring so much about them. That's my two cents. Jay Thomas Show coming up next. I'll be sticking around for that. Stay tuned. You can always catch me here 1 to 2 p.m. Monday through Friday right here on 970 WDAY or 24 hours a day, seven days a week at sayanythingblog.com. Thanks for listening. We'll talk again. Uh-huh.